Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. And Bob Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Raymond gets it. Right corner base more to Curry. Curry fires away. Gets another three. Stephen Curry with his fifth three of the half. He's got 24 points. And the Warriors have a 10-point lead. And the Warriors would go on to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, 129-98, as Golden State improves to 2-1 and on the homestand, 15-13 and on the season. 888-957-9570, 888 It's J.D. and Covey here as the Warriors get the job done and another just absolute MVP-level performance tonight uh, from Stephen Curry, 36 Six assists, seven of 11 from three. He is on an absolute tear. J.D., my man's on a whole nother level, and I know we got a long way between now and when they hand out that MVP, but if they were handing it out on February 15th, Steph Curry would be that dude right now. He's leading this team, and, and look, we know that this team's been hovering around 500, but what that also means is every time that they've got knocked down, they've had the answer, and it's Steph Curry leading that charge. He refuses to let this team go in any kind of a, a prolonged slumber because he's just playing out of his mind, and it's an absolute joy to watch. It's a joy to cover. It's Steph Curry, baby. Uh, another handle-your-business game for the yeah. Warriors bouncing back, now 9-4 and four off a loss this season. Uh, Ten and two against teams under 500. Cleveland qualified at the back end of a five-game Western swing. Losers of seven in a row coming in, and honestly, the the vibe of this game in the first quarter to me was similar to the Orlando game going back uh, to, to last week in the opener of this homestand, where it felt like, hey, the Warriors weren't totally connected, a little out of sorts. Cleveland hanging around, but the Warriors able in the second quarter and really to close the first half, a 23-8 run uh, that flipped uh, a deficit of five points into a 10-point lead at the break. Uh, That stretch, and it was a lot of Steph, and it was a lot of Draymond, and a lot of Kent Bazemore who played the entire second quarter tonight, that group in those last five, six minutes of the half 
really uh, gained control of this game before it got to that point where you were worried about the outcome, and that was something that was uh, a step up from the, the first game against Orlando where it took really till the fourth quarter for that to happen. Yeah, they, they kind of slept, walked a bit through the first. Now, you know, Cleveland, they're playing on the back-to-back. They're closing up a road trip. They haven't won a game yet on this thing, and they've been getting boat raced. So they, they really came out with some desperation tonight. But basketball games are 48 minutes, right? In over 48 minutes, if you do all the things uh, that you're supposed to on both ends of the floor uh, and, and you've got your leader like Steph Curry leading the charge and you've got Draymond Green setting the tone at both ends, and Draymond's passing is on a whole nother level right now, uh, over 48 minutes, it, it will uh, – will show itself and even on a night where the Warriors just get hammered on the offensive glass it doesn't matter because while they shot 52 percent as a team Cavs shot 38 percent Warriors made 17 threes but yeah it was that stretch um you know in the at the end of the the first half and then on into the third quarter Steph got you know really rolling again and it just you know obviously by the time we reached the fourth quarter it was just a matter of playing out the string so yeah good win tonight uh must have win tonight and I, I think you know now Hey, dare I say, J.D., they got another opportunity against the Heat on Wednesday night to get three games over 500. Will it happen? Yeah, and Miami losing to the Clippers tonight. They'll come in at 11-16, and 16, but they were ravaged by health and safety protocols. I mean, Jimmy Butler missed three games – or I'm sorry, three weeks, not three games uh, in the health and safety protocols. And Miami, a team that was in the NBA Finals in the bubble – uh, they're they're a much better team than their record would indicate. Although they technically will come in here uh, as uh, with the record of the type of team that the Warriors have been able to beat. Uh, I actually put that game on Wednesday more in the category of hey, these are the kinds of teams that the Warriors have struggled against. You know, teams yeah. with a little bit of cachet and 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 star power. So make no mistake. I mean, Wednesday night's going to determine if this is a really good or maybe even great. Uh, homestand, or if it's just another price of admission, hey, you beat Orlando and Cleveland, but you lost to Brooklyn, who's you know, going to be there at the end of the day in the East, and, and a Miami team that I think still believes they've got enough time to turn it around and, and be in that conversation as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you know, anytime you're playing four in your own crib, three out of four, that's got to be the goal. They've got an opportunity to do that. And, it, you know, it's so funny, J.D., like I feel like, we, you know, and, and again, a team – Hovering around 500, you would expect this to be the case. I feel like while on one token, you know, they they haven't had, you know, any prolonged stretches of of bad play and Steph has, you know, picked this team up by the scruff of its neck so many times. But I also feel like every time they've kind of like been knocking on the door of maybe breaking through and – you know, putting some wins together and, and being, oh, let, let's let's put together a nice, you know, week and a half, two weeks of basketball. And every time they've had the opportunity to do that, they haven't come through yet either. So we're still waiting for that for that scale to tip one way or the other, right? And I think Wednesday night's another opportunity to do that because, again, you could finally get three games over 500, and this team desperately needs some padding. And I'll say this. That would then, at this point, uh, it would be four out of five uh, games that they would have won. You know, you go back to the San Antonio game to wrap up the road trip. Uh, and, and, you know, there were sort of some even very winnable games down there in Dallas and San Antonio. They could have easily been 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh on that trip. Alas, they weren't. But this is an opportunity for this team to actually, you know, move up the standings and whilst doing it without any big men. So I think, you know, this could be certainly a turning point for the season. But you still got to go out there and execute on a Wednesday night. 
I, I think it's also a, a turning point uh, in the conversation about Stephen Curry and, and where he falls in the MVP conversation because the numbers are outstanding, and it's to no fault of Steph's, but he really is not going to get the consideration that he deserves until this team separates itself from more than two games over 500. Like this yeah. team needs to make a push because the the difference between a 15 and 13 and say a team that is 19 and 14, let's let's fast forward uh, a few games down the line, if he continues to play at this level and and the record is 20 and 15 or something like that, then I think he's going to rocket up the charts in, in terms of vaulting into people's top five. He's he's in my top five right now. I know we've talked about this on the final word. Yeah. And with every night, he becomes, I, I think, uh, you know, more stable in, in that lot. The only thing that he doesn't have going for him is I don't think enough folks are paying attention to what he's doing because – the record isn't good enough for the team as a whole yet. And again, that takes nothing away from what Stephen Curry's doing on the basketball court. And I think everybody that's watched this team through 28 games would tell you if Steph wasn't playing at the level that he's playing at, we'd be having a much different conversation going the other way about uh, about everything relating to the Warriors. You know, if this team had three or four fewer wins because Steph wasn't playing at the level. So it's not the play. It's just, can he get a little bit more? And it, it's so funny to say the narratives that surround these MVPs, you know, Steph is holding this team up at, at a tremendous level, but they have to win a few more. They have to get on a little bit of a streak. And then if once that happens, I think he's going to be top five and, and may just be top five uh, the rest of the way based on, you know, how well this Warriors team can do between now and the end of the regular season. Yeah. And heading into this, you know, first half break, uh, They've only got two home games left. They got Miami on Wednesday night and then Charlotte on the 26th. They'll head back east. Then they'll come home for one against Charlotte, and then they'll play on the West Coast and and, head, and wrap up yeah. in Phoenix. Uh, so close. they only have two more home games after tonight. So uh, this is, you know, they're playing some winnable games on the road. I mean, you know, they're playing teams in the East. So, you know, you would just think in general that the competition wouldn't be as tough. Um, you know, you're going to play a team like Charlotte twice. Uh, you got the Knicks, who already beat the Warriors once, but uh, Orlando, who the Warriors just touched up the other night. So these are uh, these are some winnable games as far as just your, your run-of-the-mill NBA opponent goes um and so they're gonna have to you know hopefully make a little hay here uh but you're absolutely right i mean some of the cachet and rightfully so some of the the prerequisite to be an mvp is well you have to be part of a team that does a whole lot of winning right because the the play of a most valuable player needs to translate in the win-loss column, not just gaudy statistics. And otherwise, you're just the lead dog on a bad team, right? And, and you know, the Warriors, nobody's expecting – like, I think Steph could absolutely be an MVP if the Warriors were, like, a five seed even, right? But they can't be an eight seed and, like, be at 500 or something. I mean, you know, it would have to be their five seed and Steph – played out of his mind. And, and J.D., could I just present a little bit of evidence for Steph to be playing out of his mind? In the month of February, his scoring average technically actually went down a little bit tonight because he scored 36. Well, he was averaging 36.7 for the month before tonight's game. So uh, went down just to scotch, but, I mean, he's shooting 48% from three, 57% from uh, from the floor overall. He's making six threes a night. Uh, he's getting rebounds too, right? I know he didn't have many tonight, but he's still averaging five and a half rebounds over that same stretch. Like, he's literally doing everything for this team. And 
Watching the way him and Draymond work together, uh, there was that moment where, where Draymond found Steph and then set that quick screen off to the right, and, and Steph just needed a little bit of room, and Steph knocks down the three, and they're, they're coming back down the, down the court, and Steph's just laughing because he's like, they know they just totally played the Cavs, right? And, I mean, th- those guys have that kind, of, that kind of chemistry where they know where the other one's at. They know, you know, Draymond knows, hey, look, Steph's just trying to get a little bit of room to get a shot off, and, you know, he saw a, play, uh, you know, a moment where he could position him himself set a quick screen you know Steph's got that quick trigger boom threes down and uh and now they're getting back playing defense it's, it's something to watch right now man it really is and I think you know his tear really in the last 10 games and and I'm just looking at the the, the box scores here I mean the last 10 games for Steph 36 27 40 32 32 57 28 38 28 27. I mean, 27 is the lowest output that we're talking about over the course of the last 10 games. And he's you know, averaging, I mean, he's hitting seven threes, six threes, 11 threes, seven, six. I mean, no worse than four in, in any of these games. Shooting in the 50s to 60% range uh, overall. Uh, he's on an absolute tear. And I think it's coincided with... Draymond Green and his uh, you know upping his game to a little bit of a different level and maybe starting to find his conditioning a little bit because it's been a lot of him and Steph uh it's been a lot of these Draymond 15 assist games and he tied his career high with 16 uh in the ball game tonight but it it's been these games uh kind of work it, it's those two working together and they've both put up some gaudy numbers uh at the same time well, and it's it's been right on time, too. I mean, look, it's one thing to ask Steph Curry to go through a season without Clay Thompson, his fellow Splash brother. And keep in mind, we know Clay's been out for now two seasons, but Steph didn't play much last year either. Um, and, you know, last year was also adjusting to life without Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. I mean, it's just to say it was a new era doesn't even begin to describe. So, really, for Steph coming into this season – who did he have chemistry with, right? And and look, Draymond missed the first four games. Then he's coming back. He's having, you know, he's he's getting his conditioning up. And you know, Draymond offensively, his game just hasn't been there as far as shooting the basketball. But I think it just took him a while, JD, to to kind of feel everything out and see how everybody was going to be best deployed on a nightly basis. And it was always going to be. Steph's going to need to lead the charge offensively. But I think Draymond has even put more of the onus on playmaking. Like, he realizes, okay, look, if there, if I can't shoot a three and, and really I, I can't even shoot a basketball, period, unless I'm laying it in, it's not a knock. It's just it's just what time it is right now. But I think Draymond realizes, and it's actually a credit to him, while it can be frustrating at times, you know, where he, where he can't get a shot up and, or he can't get a shot off or won't shoot, whatever you want to call it, um, he's been able to adjust and realize, okay, how can I still maximize my output with this, you know, huge shortcoming in my game. And, well, it's being a gifted distributor. I mean, he's, he's a point center right now, right? And, you know, Nikola Jokic is a great passing big. Like, we've seen some great passing bigs, but clearly Draymond is not your traditional center. I mean, obviously, what does he go, 6'7"? So he, he's been able to lead the charge defensively, and clearly he's been able to be that point forward offensively. He sets great screens. Um, you know, he loves it when guys back cut. Like, he's, he's always going to put the ball on the money. So I think you got to give him a lot of credit for getting the conditioning up, kind of hearing some of the chatter, if you will, J.D., that he wasn't quite, you know, cut, you know cutting it as far as an effort on a nightly basis. You know, the Warriors gave the dude a $100 million contract. Like, it's time to put up. And, and this basketball team's really at a crossroads right now because they need to just bank some 
some wins this year. They don't need to win a championship, but they got to be a playoff team. And Steph and Draymond will be the guys that lead that charge without question. Let's go ahead and hear from Steph Curry uh, as we're talking about it here. Just the, the, the two-man game and Curry's numbers just uh, out of this world and, and Draymond's assist numbers of, of late uh, ha- have been absolutely tremendous. Uh, here, here's what Steph had to say uh, about Draymond's assist numbers going up uh, recently. I mean, one is he's feeling a lot better physically. He's talked about it and playing catch-up from early in the season. He's able to push and transition. And nobody, no big can stay in front of him in that in that respect. And he can, you know, distribute. And I mean, a lot of our sets, we've kind of simplified things and gotten better at uh, just being able to read situations. And, you know, when he's at the top of the key and we have timely cuts, we're setting screens for each other, back cuts, all that type of stuff, it, it helps. And obviously guys making shots. So, you know, his IQ, his basketball IQ is you know, second to none, especially me and him. We have an amazing chemistry that, you know, whether we, we talk about it or not, we seem to find a good rhythm. You know, the three other guys that are out there with us, we're all finding more rhythm throughout the game. So, you know, he's picking teams apart and and obviously playing at the five has helped as well. So, you know, we'll try to maintain that. Yeah, I, I think him playing at the five, it, 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 for whatever reason, when he's playing at the five, the, the Steph Draymond two man game, it, it almost can't be denied, right? And and I don't mean can't be stopped, although it, it typically can't be stopped, but but at times, you know, we wonder why isn't there more Steph Draymond two man game? Why isn't there more uh, of those two just trying to take the thing over? It happens naturally, though, when Draymond plays at the five. So a, a yeah. key for this team moving forward is going to be how they handle it once their bigs are, are, are back in the fold. Because it, it, it does remind me, that aspect of it does remind me of the Hamptons five days or the death lineup with Harrison Barnes in the mix before that, where a big component of, of the Warriors' dominance was Steph and Draymond and everybody else kind of playing off of that. Now, they had great players playing off to that, which is why it was a historically great lineup. But the Steph-Draymond part, even with these other guys, has been just as forceful. Yeah, well, and if you're going to have, you know, a small ball five like that, he's got to play like a big on the defensive end, right? I mean, you know, Steph's point's so well taken. Um, Offensively, you know, bigs aren't going to be able to hang with Draymond. He could just go around him, right? I mean, he's quick, and and he's such a quick passer, right? He sees the game quickly, and he he reacts quickly. So, you know, there's not big men out there that can legitimately guard Draymond. And, you know, what it also does, too, if your center is standing at the top of the three-point arc and somebody's guarding him, I mean, I guess you could, you know, put the power forward on him and, and have your center, you know, fade towards the basket. But either way, it just... It can't be denied that there's going to be so many open lanes to back cut, et cetera. And if he's setting those screens up top, that allows Steph Curry, you know, to, to get just that moment in time, just that quick release. And then they get the, you know, the, the, the two-man game going, and then they start the draw and kicks. And then, you know, that corner three becomes open. I mean, it all just, you know, it all just spawns from, from that little element. Just Steph and Draymond working in concert and other guys moving off the ball, keeping the head on a swivel, waiting for that pass be willing to make the extra pass. I saw a lot of high IQ basketball tonight. And granted, it's against a beleaguered Cavs team. Like, we all know that. But you know what? It's 1-72 on the schedule, right? And it doesn't matter, you know, come, you know, April and May, like, who the Warriors beat on February 15th. It only matters. They There was two results tonight. There was a win and there was a loss. 
and you beat the Cavs. That's what you absolutely had to do. Uh, and and I, you know, I think Draymond deserves a, a ton of credit for it. And yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see JD. I mean, we saw the uh, the Houston Rockets last year trying, you know, with trading Capella and all that. Like, oh, we're done with the five. We're gonna go full small ball. Well, you still need to have some bigs, and there's a reason why the Warriors took James Wiseman number two overall. But hopefully, he could be one of those bigs that could run the floor as well and just you know be a be a unicorn in his own right. Um, but I, I still I I have. Like, I've seen enough of Draymond at the five to think, okay, when well, this team needs to unlock some things, he needs to be out there, you know, playing that five uh, and, and ultimately just doing work with Steph Curry because that's what they're best at. All right, he's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear more from Stephen Curry. And also a Draymond Green rant regarding the Andre Drummond situation uh, that uh, you won't want to miss. We'll play that for you. We'll discuss it. Warriors beat the Cavs tonight, 129-98. You heard it all right here on 95.7. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Down the lane, left the ball, stolen away by Wiggins. On the bounce, Pete Wanamaker on the break. Lob for Wiggins! It's a backward lob for a two-hand slam! A little elevation sensation for Wiggins and the Warriors and a timeout for Cleveland. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. 
Warriors get it done tonight, 129-98 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. You call there from Tim Roy uh, on 95-7. The game is Golden State now 15-13 and uh, on the season. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. More postgame sound coming up. Uh, should give a nod, though, before we hear from Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and, of course, Draymond Green. Should give a nod to uh, both... Kent Bazemore and Brad Wanamaker tonight. Uh, mentioned Bazemore right off the top of the show. He played the entire second quarter and uh, made a tremendous impact, uh, a part of the Warriors outscoring Cleveland 32-22 in the frame. Wound up being a plus 24 on the night. And uh, Brad Wanamaker is another guy who, who really needed a bounce back game. Uh, probably his best game in quite some time, especially that stint uh, in the beginning of the second quarter uh the Warriors just need him to be steady uh and need that group overall to just be steady tonight he was steady and a little bit more but uh, a major nod for Bazemore tonight uh, off the bench for Golden State yeah Bazemore he's had some some really nice moments so far I mean he's up playing 24 minutes you know the numbers don't jump off the page he only you know took four shots hit a three um, you know, got to the free throw line, but he just was active, right? JD blocked a couple of shots. I mean, the Warriors don't have any traditional centers in their lineup tonight. They blocked ten shots, right? I mean, there was what I'm counting five different, or yeah, uh, let's see, four, eight different guys had a blocked shot tonight. Like that's pretty incredible. And yes, uh, Bazemore uh, was terrific, especially on the defensive end. He ends up a plus twenty four. And you know, it's funny. I I looked at the uh, at the box score after three quarters, right? Just to kind of see where everybody was at minutes wise. Pascal had only played six minutes. Wanamaker had only played six minutes. Damian Lee had only played eight minutes. Now, uh, you know, those guys obviously got some run in the fourth quarter, you know, when it was, you know, when it was garbage time. I mean, they basically played the whole fourth quarter because Steph and, uh, and Draymond got to take the fourth quarter off. Um, but I, I think Wanamaker, he had that stretch near the end of the first half. And I know he was the, uh, the guest, um, you know, at halftime. Uh, Fitz and uh, Kalena talked to him. And, you know, you could just tell, like, he needed something to feel good about. You, me, and, uh, and JB talked about him on the pregame um you know look he's a veteran uh they're gonna ride with him for a while because they've got other issues right now you know the trade deadline's still several weeks away I don't know if this Warriors team would be looking to make a move anyway um you know you know you got a couple of uh, point guards playing in the bubble right now in the G League bubble with Jeremy Lin and of course Nico Mannion their draft pick so you know they're there might be some answers down the road, especially with Mannion, obviously. I mean, you know, we've done the Lynn Sanity thing. But, um, you know, Brad Wanamaker, he's going to be here for at least, you know, in the short term. And so he needs to find his game. And, um, you know, hopefully tonight was a step in the right direction for him because uh, he just seems like one of those guys got to get his confidence back a little bit. Nobody needs Wanamaker to have off-the-charts numbers, right, J.D.? Just go out there, run the point. Don't have that second unit be a, a total loss when, when Steph and Draymond aren't in just serve if you can. That's a huge win for the Warriors if that second unit just stays even uh, or even just gives up a little bit, right? I mean, because, you know, you're, you're, if you can hold serve there, you know, I'll take my chances with, uh, with the, you know, Steph and, and Draymond and company when they get back out there. Wanamaker needs five or six solid, steady minutes a half. It's that it's that simple. I mean, if he's yeah, just steady and can knock down a three uh, and and play good defense and make the right basketball play uh, and and just don't do it, don't be awful. Uh, then then that's a win, uh, <laughs> frankly, for this Warriors team because he's really only 
you know, there to offset the time that Stephen Curry uh, isn't going to be on the floor. Let's hear a little bit from Steve Kerr. We were uh, chopping it up about this uh, in the first segment tonight, just how important uh, this next stretch is. Miami is in on Wednesday, and then the Warriors are going to hit the road uh, for the next four, Orlando and Charlotte, and then uh, the Knicks in Indiana. So uh, uh, Orlando team, the Warriors have beat. Knicks in Indiana at the back end of that, a couple of teams that came in and won a chase center. Charlotte, uh, I know you mentioned them as a team the Warriors are going to play uh, on that trip, and then one of the, the couple of home games that still uh, is remaining uh, between now and the All-Star break. Uh, here's what Steve Kerr had to say about how important this uh, upcoming stretch is. In many ways, uh, this next stretch is our chance to prove to people that we're more than just a 500 team. You know, we haven't proven that through 28 games. We haven't won more than two games in a row. So it's our chance to show that we can string together some wins and starting you know, Wednesday with a really good Miami team that's, that's coming in healthy and, and playing well. And they're a team that's going to make you play well to beat them. So th- this, is a, this is an exciting stretch coming up. Yeah, don't let the Miami record fool you as they come in at at 11 and 16. Mm. But interesting that Steve Kerr acknowledged uh where the where the Warriors are at right now and and actually said, "Hey, this is in essence he's saying that the time is now. Miami 11 and 16, Orlando 10 and 18, uh Charlotte 13 and 15, actually the best of of the three. Uh don't sleep on the Knicks at 14 and 15 and, and a win with the Warriors already and Indiana's actually 14 and 14. The the East only has three teams over 500, but uh Steve Kerr actually he he put it out there, which is is not uh, something that he usually does for as honest as he typically is. No, I think that's a great point and and I think it really speaks to you know, maybe I don't want to call it frustration for Steve Kerr, but certainly he's got higher expectations for this group, and he knows that they can find another gear. And and he you also don't want to waste this amazing run that Steph Curry's been on, right? And I know it's a lot of just Steph taking over because he feels like he kind of has to, right? Um, you know, if you're only going to get sporadic contributions from the from the Ubres and the Wiggins and you know a lot of the ancillary folks on this team, but regardless, like Steve Kerr is looking at this like, hey guys, if if it is going to happen, it's going to happen now. And I think there's something really important about finishing up this first half on a good run because you know if the Warriors can get to the break and, and you tell me if it's an even number of games or not number of games they'll play in the first half, JD. Um, but regardless, you know if they can be whatever it is you know, five or six games over 500, even that heading into the break, like that would just be huge for them into the second half, you know, get a chance to, to regroup a little bit, work a few things out and then get healthier. When you start to get your bigs back, like this team has an opportunity, but still, you know, they also haven't really proven anything yet either. Right. I mean, they're, they're a bad week of basketball away from being under 500 again. And and so Kerr knows that, but I think he's trying to instill a little sense of urgency in these guys. And, and also at the same time, Hey, look, you should win these games. Like, we know what this team looks like when they're at their best, right? And and these are all some winnable games coming up. So the good news for this upcoming stretch, J.D., is they've handled business against sub-500 teams, right? So if that continues, you would expect the Warriors to, you know, have a, a pretty good run of games coming up here. But, again, like, you know, sometimes these things have a way of evening out, so we shall see. Ask and you shall receive. Uh, it's actually an odd number of games. They're at 28 now. Uh, I had to I had to go back and, and factor in that Phoenix game, which was postponed back in January, oh, and then right. it's now the final game uh, before the break. It was the, the Warriors were actually going to hit the break on March the third, 
uh, and then which was two weeks from Wednesday, and now it's the fourth. So they've got a back to back. They they went from having, if you remember in January, a Denver Phoenix back to back, which is a tough back to back. But yep. they didn't have to play the Phoenix part, uh, and then they got a couple of days off, three days off before they played the Lakers on the MLK holiday. Well, they're they're paying that back because they're going to get a Portland Phoenix back to back to close out uh, the the first half portion of the schedule. So they'll actually have nine to go. Uh, so they'll get to 37. Uh, as you mentioned, seven of the nine are on the road. And the last three are difficult. It's at the Lakers, a couple of days off at Portland and at Phoenix uh, with the, those last two uh, of the back-to-back uh, variety, although no Anthony Davis now uh, for the next two to three weeks. I mean, let's be let's be honest. Anthony Davis ain't playing until after the All-Star break. So, you know, two weeks from right. – uh, if it's a two-week period for Davis, then – it's two weeks from yesterday when the Warriors play them, but he ain't playing till after the break because that's, you know, that's a note. We're talking about another four days that would give him another basically week off. So he ain't playing until like March 11th at the earliest. No, no, they're, they're not going to see Anthony Davis in that game and, and nor should they. I mean, look, the Lakers they're I mean, while they would you know love to battle for that top spot and they still may be in the running for it, even without Anthony Davis. But, you know, all, the, the bottom line is they will need Anthony Davis in the second half of the season and in the postseason as they try and defend yeah. their uh, their NBA title. There's no doubt. But, the, yeah, you got the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, that, that's a tough three. So, to me, it almost becomes what do you do in these next six? And I think that's what Steve Kerr's talking about. Can you build a little bit of a cushion for the you know for those last three to where, you know, if you drop all three of them or if you go one and two, you know, you still maybe are three or four games over 500 at that point in time. Yeah, so go, I four think that's, go four that, and two. Go four and two in the, the next six. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's kind of what I'm looking at. I, when I look at it, I'm looking at I'm looking at Miami. I'll be honest; they're going to have to prove to me that they could beat a team of the Cal. Like with the, I agree. that's going to come in as prepared. Like I don't put Miami in the category of oh, they're an 11 and 16 team. Like no. I don't like it. Just uh, it's it's they were in the finals. They're well coached. It's Jimmy Butler. It's Bam Adebayo. I mean that 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 that's going to be the most difficult you know game that the Warriors have had other than the Brooklyn game, probably for this entire month of February. So uh, up until they play the Lakers on the 28th. So, like, let's just put that rat on the table. This is not, uh, you know, some chump team coming in at 11 and 16 uh, on on Wednesday night. But but to that point, I mean, to me – yeah, go beat Orlando and Charlotte. And man, there's going to be a lot of a lot of pub anytime Steph goes back to Charlotte and the LaMelo Ball frenzy uh for that one. Uh, will will Wiseman be back, you know, potentially for for that? You know, looks like probably not. Uh anytime you go to the Garden even with a uh, few fans, that's obviously going to be a big deal. Uh Indiana's a pretty good team, although they're a 500 team right now, 14 and 14. The Warriors have a better record than Indiana right now. So who says you can't go win that one? So I'm I'm kind of with you two and one, three and two, and then you come back and you beat the Hornets. I think four and two is 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 what you want to see out of this stretch, and then that gets you at that point to nineteen and fifteen 
with the three games on the road to go in that final week before the break. Yeah, and then, you know, you know hopefully go one and two there, something like that, and then you're still a couple games over 500 at the break. Uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, you look at Miami. Uh, they, they've lost the last couple games. But, you know, they played the Clippers and the Jazz. I mean, you know, some of the tougher games on their West Coast swing. But, I mean, you, their last game against the Clippers, I mean, you know, Butler, Adebayo, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Iguodala, Tyler Hero, Mo Harkless. I mean, they were all available. Um, so I know that, that Grogic has been dealing with the left ankle issue. Um, and I know, uh, you know, they, they haven't obviously had their full squad together. But still, that's that group right there, just the, the group that started uh, against the Clippers the other night, that's a team more than capable of coming in and beating the Golden State Warriors if they're not on their game. Now, conversely, I could also see the Warriors. If they're hitting their threes and, and you know, rallying to the basketball defensively, I think you got an opportunity to, to beat the Heat. So this will be a good, a really good measuring stick for the Dubs. And plus, it'll be good to see Andre Iguodala. I saw the tweet. It'll be the first time Steph and Andre Iguodala have faced off since the playoffs back in 2012, right, when he was a member of the Nuggets. So uh, it's it's been a while, J.D. Yeah, since he was the mole, right? Was he yeah. for George? You know, <laughs> He remember George Carl at the yep. with the with the mole and and then he winds up signing, uh, it winds up well we're working out a trade where he wound up getting to the Warriors after the Warriors obviously beat Denver, uh, in that series. Uh, let's hear from Draymond Green here uh, tonight, uh, because I mean he went on a rant like only Draymond can, and this is a bit lengthy. Uh, but uh, he was talking about the situation right now that's going on with Andre Drummond. Uh, His first question, uh, and Draymond just kind of went in on uh, player treatment. Uh, Again, this relating to Andre Drummond, who is basically on ice right now for the Cavs as they figure out uh, a trade partner for him. The trade deadline's about five and a half, six weeks away. Uh, Here's what Draymond had to say. I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me. It's the treatment of players in this league. To to watch Andre Drummond before the game sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for one to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room and he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you and yet we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you, and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about 
you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh, my mental health is off, everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night, and most importantly, to help your team win. Do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally? But as players, we're told to, ah, no, you can't say that, you can't say this, but teams can. It goes along the same lines of when everyone wants to say, oh man, that young guy can't figure it out. But no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. At some point, the players must be respected in these situations. And it's ridiculous, and I'm sick of seeing it. Y'all have a great night. I'll see y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. All right, so Draymond Green there, uh, getting it off his chest. Uh, and look, I think the Drummond situation is a bad situation because, you know, if Drummond wants to play, Drummond should be able to play. Uh, you know, like – and, and I, so I'm with him 100% on that particular part of it. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the Cavs are basically viewing Drummond now as essentially an asset, and it's like, all right, let's figure out the, the best trade deal for him and, and you know, don't want him to get hurt or anything like that, want to play Jared Allen, want to play these, these other guys that are going to be a part of the future. I, I do think it is messed up that Drummond has to sit uh, in this particular situation, but the but the reality of this thing is, look, players players do have a lot of power and and can try to dictate where they go and 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 what they want to do. But Andre Drummond's getting paid twenty eight point seven million dollars to to not play, and you know that's the part right. that I do think at times gets lost is the the players are being paid the premium that they get paid and deserve. Because that's some of the junk that they unfortunately have to deal with. It's just kind of part of the gig. Right. No, I, I think Draymond makes some very valid points, and you can hear the passion there. And I think it's great that Draymond cares about the game. He cares about the guys that populate it. And, um, you know, like I said, he makes a lot of good points there. But it's it's an employer-employee relationship. And it's not equal footing. Like, it's just not. Just like I'm not on equal footing with the people that own 95.7, right? I mean, I work for them. Like, at the end of the day, Draymond works for the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, we could debate whether that's right or wrong till we're blue in the face, but the bottom line is you know that when you sign up for that. Just like you said, J.D., it's, you know, kind of the cost of doing business. You could be traded unless you have the language in your contract that says you can't, and only a few guys are able to garner that kind of leverage because they got it like that. And, and you know, look – it's it's deplorable. I think it's it's pathetic that the Cavs or, or any team, uh, you know, would would just sit out a player. I know that the uh, Pistons are are doing that with Blake Griffin now as well. I mean, it sets a dangerous precedent. But they're not not getting paid like what what you're supposed to quote you know stay in shape and, and stay professional is well you're still getting that same paycheck that you were even if you weren't playing. Now I understand that's not good long term, and you know the fewer situations like that the better. But I mean, look. How many teams would be able to stay in business if they're just sitting around paying a bunch of guys that ain't playing? So it's not like that's great for a team either. I, I think, you know, an organization would have to find itself in a pretty tough spot where they felt like that was the best course of action. Um, I don't agree with it. It's a tough side of the business. I, I can appreciate that Draymond's upset, but like a lot of things, there's two sides to every story.
Yeah, no, there absolutely is. And again, I think I think in this particular situation, it's rough because Lovey Drummond, it sounds like, wants to play. If guys want to play, you know, then I, I think they should be able to play or there should be some kind of mutual decision as to how to handle a, a given situation. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, unf- I, you know, players have come a long way from the way that, that, that things maybe used to be uh, in terms of, you know, owners and coaches and, and, and the like having uh, all the power. Uh, but the reality is it, it isn't totally a two-way street. And guys can force trades, and guys have forced trades. And guys have, you know, hinted that they wouldn't play unless they, you know, were garnered this or that. And you know what? It's all fair game. Uh, but but ultimately, I, I think you're right. As much as it may pain players from time to time, they are still the employees and, and highly paid. And, and look, they deserve every penny they get. Uh, I, I, I never uh, question that. But part of the situation is you get paid that that level and again I'm just Andre Drummond specifically uh, you know I I had it up here and I actually I, you know was, we're talking about 20 28.7 million dollars so like to, you know if he has to, to take a seat for a couple of games it sucks especially if you want to play but again it's not like it's not like you're you got to take a zero you know now that would be egregious and completely unfair and a total joke and probably shouldn't be legal but right. but, but it's not the situation here no, Draymond's just glad he's not playing in the NFL, right? Where guys can just be cut so unceremoniously. And yeah, man, I mean, basketball players have all the leverage in the world. They, I mean, and, and credit to them. I, I would never try and count another man's money, anything like that. But at the same time, like, and, and look, I mean, he's right about, you know, the organizations and, oh, this young player didn't get it together. But I think to a certain degree, like, we know what the trash organizations are, right? I mean, we oh, he ain't trying to go there. Like, who wants to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves? You know, they've been they've been terrible for 30 years, except for a couple of years with Kevin Garnett. So I think we know what the dysfunctional organizations are. Right. And they continue to do things the wrong way. Um, you know, so I, I get again, I, Draymond, he he's taken up for for guys in the league. He understands he takes that upon himself. He's a mouthpiece. He's a leader for the league. I, I, I can't wait to see what he does after basketball. But there's there's just two sides to every story. And this is, you know, for Cleveland, it's asset protection. And again, like that's not cost prohibitive for an organization to pay Andre Drummond twenty eight million dollars a year to sit at home. Right. Like they want to get him moved as soon as possible. But would be less cost prohibitive for that organization is if Andre Drummond goes out tomorrow and hurts himself and now he can't be traded and they're stuck paying the notes till the end of the year. Now, what they need to do is get him traded ASAP. Like, once you get to a point where you're done, you know, a, a player in the organization, they're at the crossroads, right? It's time it's time to move on. Well, the sooner you can get that done, the better. It's better for the player. It's better for the organization. It's just better for all parties involved. So, um, you know, you can announce that you're trading them all you want, but now you've kind of killed any leverage you have as well, and then you got to get somebody to take on Andre Drummond's ridiculous salary on top of it. Yeah, and, and so we'll, we'll see what happens. I know Shams had reported uh, of The Athletic that, that it was – I mean, it – it sounded like it could have gone down today, and if not today, maybe he might be headed to the Raptors here uh, in the next couple of days. Hope so, so. A, a rough situation for for everybody, uh, in particular Drummond, who it sounds like just just wants to hoop and and find a team. I know he's been moved. Uh, you know, he got moved. You know, from 
from Detroit to, to Cleveland and the like, and, I, and obviously he's somebody that's going to be a free agent, so he's going to want to find a, a more permanent home here uh, at some point uh, in the near future. So uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Covey, we're back tomorrow. Uh, Warriors roundtable uh, at 6 tomorrow, so uh, we are on at 7 uh, with the final word. Uh, so we'll be on at 7 and then back uh, with Jim Barnett at 5.30 on Wednesday. Should be a fun one on Wednesday with the Warriors and the Miami Heat going at it at Chase Center. But good stuff as always, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow night, brother. Steph Curry is on fire, baby. Enjoy this man and appreciate it. It's special. And for me, J.D., he's the freaking MVP. Good stuff, dog. All right. Uh, for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Mauser. Thanks to Bobby Spang. Uh, We're back again tomorrow, 7 o'clock, right here uh, on 95.7 The Game with the final word. We'll talk to you then. Warriors, get it done tonight. They beat the Cavs 129-98. You heard it all right here on your home for Warriors basketball, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.